This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate. Hello there, how you doing? It's uh, Kevin Riley here, and welcome to the Irish Time here on the Manitou People's Radio in Palmerston North, the best community station in the province. Anyway, I'm just going to be reading a wee bit of uh, stuff that's been in the Irish papers, etc., etc., and uh, there hasn't been a lot, actually. I think I'm more concerned about, you know, COVID because they've, res- they've uh, lifted all the restrictions. And, uh, you know, so they're, they're waiting in anticipation. <clears throat> Pardon me that it's going to be okay, you know. Anyway, so here we go. Irish government removes all of it, all, most, I should say, not all, most. Uh, the Irish government has agreed to lift almost all of its COVID-19 restrictions from Saturday. That's past week. Uh, Today's a good day, said the Prime Minister. He said, because we no longer need to show proof of COVID status to enter hospitality and entertainment venues. That's the pass, etc., etc. Bars, restaurants and nightclubs will also return to normal trading, which will be good for them. Currently, hospitality and cultural venues, including pubs, restaurants and cinemas, must be closed by 8 o'clock at night. Mr Martin also confirmed that restrictions on household uh, gatherings would end and the limits on the number of people who can attend events <coughs> was being abolished. <coughs> Big word for the government, abolished. The government is also lifting its rules about working from home, which would allow a gradual return to the workplace to begin the, as soon as possible. However, rules on wearing masks on public transport and public buildings will stay in place for, pre- for, for the present and urge the public to continue to follow the remaining the remaining public health advice. Trumpers will also need to use a so-called COVID passport, which shows a digital proof of their vaccine status on uh, or recent test results, in order to travel internationally. Wow. I'm pushing it from some of the airports or whatever. Uh, the teacher began his press conference by thanking the public for his cooperation with the emergency measures, and he acknowledged the difficulties the, rule had co- the rules had caused. When your government asks extraordinary things of you, uh, uh, and, uh, and introduced previously unmanaged, unimagined restrictions on your lives, you responded, you did what you were asked which was brilliant. He told the public that no one should be in any doubt that your collective efforts have saved many, many thousands of lives. However, he said the government would not impose restrictions on personal freedoms for any longer than was necessary. Minutes, uh, uh, ministers, rather, I'm going to get minutes from, ministers met on Friday to discuss the recommendations from the public health uh, emergency team. On Thursday night, the, the team had organised its support for ending most of the measures uh, put in place to stem the spread of the Omicron variant. Variant. Uh, Mr. Martin said that information from public health officials had uh, confirmed that the rate of infections was falling, and all other key in- indicators uh, indicated it was going on. A, it was going in the, r- the right direction to get rid of uh, COVID. He said that uh, Ireland's vaccination and booster programme had utterly transformed our situation and he paid tribute to the efforts of health workers who put, themse- <coughs> put themselves in harm's way. Good on them. The Taoiseach also warned that uh, the decision to lift the majority of Ireland's COVID restrictions could lead to a temporary rise in infections and he urged people to take up the offer of fact vaccines. I want to be clear. 
also that the, the pandemic isn't over. It will still require us to be vigilant. It's important to say that I, that I can't promise you won't be further twists in the pandemic in the coming months. But I know that, uh, this solidarity will, with each and uh, with each of other and trust in science has got us to where we are today. And we will get through this, whatever this virus may throw at us. Mr. Martin acknowledged that some people had been anxious about the lifting of restrictions, but said it was important for people to look forward to meeting family and friends again. Humans are social beings, and we Irish are more social than most. He said, "Time, uh, it's, it's time to be ourselves again. So good on him. I think that really is important to see how it goes, and that will be monitored. And, uh, yeah, I think that's what I've uh, re- re- watched on the, the television or <clears throat> and on the iPad. It seems to be, you know, in Europe, the term it's being treated uh, like a flu, you know, a really bad case of the flu, and that uh, they, ha- they have to learn to live with it. That is definitely not going to go away. It will be coming back time and time again in some form or other. So I think if people play the game and just, you know, take a wee bit more precaution when they're out, you know, wear a mask and, uh, you know, yeah, I suppose the, the two-meter uh, sort of distancing is kind of history, really, you know. And uh, not to be going to places where it's going to be absolutely chocker, <coughs> you know, if you're really that concerned about uh, picking it up. Anyway, 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 this is from Northern Ireland now. Uh, Northern Ireland has scrubbed vaccine passports in pubs and restaurants. Storm ministers have agreed to drop the use of vaccine passports in pubs, restaurants and cinemas in Northern Ireland. The move is part of uh, several relaxations to Northern Ireland COVID rules. It means proof of uh, COVID status will no longer be legally required in hospitality premises. The system will uh, remain in place for nightclubs and indoor uh, an indoor uns- upseated, yeah, unseated rather, and partially seated events with 500 more people in attendance. <coughs> Minister have also agreed to remove rules on table service and hospitality and the so-called rule of six per table from uh, last Friday. It is understood that hospitality business will uh, still be advised and guidance to remain use to re- yeah retain use of uh, cert- the certification under the latest changes. The guidance. Limit of three households allowed to meet indoors is also being removed. Under the plan, nightclubs will be allowed to reopen after Wednesday with dancing and indoor uh, standing events permitted. The storm end executive was advised by the Department of Health that the minimum self-isolation period of people testing positive for the COVID-19 will be reduced to five full days, subject to negative lateral flow tests on, fra- on days five and six of their isolation. Also from uh, Wednesday, the need for officers to take reasonable measures for the two-feet social distancing will be removed, though uh, risk assessments should be carried out. First uh, Minister Paul Gavin uh, described the changes as a step in the right direction and said that they reflected the changing circumstances in Northern Ireland. Deputy First Minister uh, Michelle said, uh, O'Neill said it was clear we were past the peak in terms of coronavirus numbers and the number of COVID-19 patients in the hospital. Proof of COVID certification has been legally required in certain certain settings in Northern Ireland since December the 13th. The Democratic Unionist Party, the only party opposed to its use. The DUP, I mean, they're dinosaurs, really. Dinosaurs of a political party. Some representatives of the hospitality sector have uh, criticised the movement it was imposed, saying it would uh, affect their trade. 
Speaking on Thursday, Ken Sharp, owner of uh, Celtic Dog Hotel and Restaurant in Bangor in County Down, said his turnover in December was down 25% with two years ago. It was uh, the introduction of COVID certification and other restrictions that really caused us to crash. The decision by the Minister to remove the requirement, uh, requirement for COVID passes was welcomed by several trade bodies. Angela McGann, the Northern Ireland Director of the Confederation of British Industry, said companies would, uh, would be hopeful that we are finally starting to turn the corner in COVID-19. You know, let's hope so. Removing uh, indoor hospitality restrictions will come as a big relief to those companies desperate to start trading the way uh, trade to recover from a difficult uh, festive period. The decision uh, to limit the vaccine passport scheme to nightclubs will also be welcomed by Northern Ireland's significant, uh, I mean that significant, food, drink and tourist sectors as well as ahead in the spring. The focus will now be on how we can safely live with the virus, uh, grow the economy and stimulate investment. It is a real a real challenge, but I think it, it will be overcome. I don't have any problems with that so, whatsoever. And now still in Belfast is all about uh, uh, Andrew, Prince Andrew, the much disgraced uh, prince. Uh, Union Jack will no longer be flown at City Hall, Belfast City Hall, on Prince Andrew's birthday, following a vote against the display there last Friday. Three political parties, the SDLP, the Alliance Party and Sinn Féin, uh, had called on the flag not to be flown due to sexual abuse allegations that are being directed towards that prince. His birthday, the February the 19th, is on a list of designated dates where the government uh, advises the flag to be flown at council buildings. The vote passed by 12 votes to 6 with DUP councillors voting against it, of course, and it is to be ratified early next month. The proposal was tabled at the monthly meeting of the Council's Strategic Policy and Resources Committee, which is led by um, SDLP councillor Donald Lyons. And uh, and it was allocated <coughs> to his birthday at another date, so the flag so the flag will still be flown the same number of times as in previous years, but not on the birthday itself. I'm not raising this as a matter of national identity, but as a question of what is right and what is wrong. And I'd hope that all parties would be clear-headed enough to recognise the problem here. The DUP has since done a U-turn on the issue, which uh, Mr Lyons uh, has welcomed. People across our city were dismayed at the DUP's initial insistence on flying the Union flag uh, to mark the birthday of uh, Prince Andrew. <coughs> so there should be.
Anyway, he said the issue was never about stopping the flag being flown from Belfast City Hall, but about the type of image we as public representatives send to the people of this city. Given the allegations facing uh, Prince Andrew celebrating his birthday in any way would have brought shame on our city and on this council. I am glad that uh, common sense prevailed in the end, and I hope to see other councils and the Assembly follow suit in uh, committing not to honour this man. Also, Unionist Party leader Doug Beatty has also said his party will support the council. We don't think it's appropriate to fly the flag now. This proposal from Belfast City Council puts it in a in a proposal to have an alternative day to fly that flag on July the 1st, and we absolutely support that. Another, you know, just his birthday is gone, so they're going to find another date in which to fly and a final reason for flying on July the 1st. As a stands I, Her Majesty the Queen has withdrawn all of Prince Andrew's honours in regards to this. Nobody's saying that you're, you're, that you're guilty. Innocent until proved guilty remains fundamental, but uh, it shouldn't fly. I don't buy into that anymore. I think you're guilty until proven innocent. That was one thing that Margaret Thatcher's government uh, brought to the fore. No, less innocent until proven guilty. No, it's the other way around. Anyway, uh, the proposal is now for the flag to fly on July the 1st to mark the bottle of the song. No, there we go. That's the reason for it. Should have read that, Kevin. Anyway, so that's uh, what's happening there at the Belfast City Council at the present time. And also at the present time in Belfast is something much uh, you know, bilingual street sign, something I've been pushing for here with our local council, put it in submissions, etc., etc. You know, to have the, the city centre, not the whole town, the whole city, but they use the city centre area to have it in English and also in Maori. Uh, just at a point of interest to the many visitors that the city seems to get these days, you know, stock cars and... Sporting events and other little events um, when Massey's uh, at full in full swing. Now, there's lots of people just come through. And that would just uh, <clears throat> they would remember the place. But it is uh, falling on tin ears, as it were. But one day it will happen. Mark my words, it will happen. Anyway, what have we got here? Street signs in Belfast could be changed into Irish under a new proposal. I get a proposal. Uh, put forward by who else who do you think but Sinn Féin. The move would see all streets in the Northern Irish capital displaying bilingual signs, with each sign having the opportunity to opt out. Uh, the proposal asks Belfast City Council to install bilingual signage in all of its streets, subject to the occupants in each street. Being contacted by means of a letter survey, and if the, if, if the threshold of 33% is returned and 50% plus one are in opposition to the plans, then the signage will not be installed. And I it adds that it would uh, allow people to opt out if they did not want bilingual signage and covers it in a very large legal and sound way. Supposedly more than two-thirds of residents in the city are in favour of the, the proposal of bilingual signage, but the proposal faces strong opposition from the Alliance, who believe the move to be a waste of money at a time when financial struggles are rife. Yeah, the Alliance. It is thought that the move could cost upwards of four... Four million, I think that was. A large councillor, Michael Long, described the proposal as half-baked and reckless when the council is struggling with the financial impact of COVID-19. This will be discussed at today's meeting of the strategic policy, and that was last week. So if I read any more about it, I will keep you up with the play. So it'll be, I think it'd be good. I think we should have streets, bilingual street signs in our city centre, not the whole of the city. 
Well, I'd like to see that happen, you know, but you've got to start off small. You know, you've got to be realistic. And with all the hassle there is between Russia and Ukraine and the Russian, you know, Russians are, uh, well, Putin more than uh, Russians, the, the people, are, uh, you know, really aggressive. You know, when I read what's going on in Ukraine, I mean, it always puts in mind of, you know, Hitler waiting to get into Poland during the last war. Anyway, uh, Ireland has uh, told Russia it's planned to, co- to host live fire naval exercises off the uh, the country's coast are not welcome. But the Irish Defence Force said the country had no power to stop it, which is true. Ireland, however, has a long-standing policy of military neutrality and is not part of the NATO alliance. Simon Coventry, who holds both the foreign and defence ministerial briefs, told journalists in Brussels that the Irish government had received a notification from Russia about the planned military exercise. Now, due to take place about 250 kilometres off the southwest coast of Ireland. That's why, you know, down the, the very bottom there. Okay. As, uh, was due to place to take. Yep, yep, yep. We've read that. This is, uh, this is in international waters, but it's also part of the exclusive economic zone of Ireland. It is also within Ireland's airspace, and flights will have to be diverted to avoid the area. The exclusive economic zone is uh, different from territorial or sovereign waters, and refers to the area where a country has special rights to exploit the ocean's resources. But naval exercises by foreign powers can be carried out there as well. We don't we don't have the power to prevent this happening, but certainly I've made it clear to the Russian ambassador that uh, they're not welcome. Or the exercises are not welcome. Mr. Comey made it clear. Uh, as he was preparing to meet with the EU counterparts to discuss the, the, the crisis in Ukraine and non-military response that the EU, the EU might pursue. Amid the tensions over Ukraine, Russia announced it would stage military exercises with all its fleet across the world, including the Atlantic Ocean. So it sounds like it's all on with these guys. Anyway, we've got another little piece here. This is all, it's about a book, Okay. Uh, champion Charlie, Charles Hockey, you know, he was an extremely uh, well-known Irish uh, um, uh, Prime Minister for possibly some of the wrong reasons. Anyway, what I got here, uh, taping into Sea Hockey's life, extraordinary life, political betrayal, how Charles Hockey acquired 70 million, and it's written by a guy called Kevin O'Connor. My new exclusive book from uh, on a former Taoiseach, the most controversial and fascinating Irish politician of the last century, claims he was in direct contact with leaders of the provisional IRA during the 1970s. He was effectively uh, a he was on he was an IRA informer during that time. My book is entitled "Political Betrayal." I knew I knew Irish politics well over the course of a long career. I was Sunday Independent newsletter, etc., etc. I worked in Leinster House for almost 30 years. My new book also contains evidence that as a Minister of Finance in 1970, <coughs> Hockey tapped the phone of the Taoiseach, Jack Lynch, this as the armed crisis unfolding in May. At that time, Hockey and Neil Blaney, uh, two ministers of the Jack uh, Lynch government, were uh, dismissed by the Taoiseach for allegedly illegal gun running in a trial. They were, they were found not guilty of illegally importing arms into the country. Remember, the ship was stopped, yeah, and there was quite a bit taken off. It was on the West Coast that they stopped it. I pulled no punches on the 35-year career of hockey, uh, 12 of which are uh, but his ministerial, when he was at the ministerial helm. I 
based on spying claims on a number of memorabilia obtained from the Guardi Special Branch Unit who were topping hockey on a, a regular basis when he was out of power from 1970 to 76. Special Branch later disclosed to, uh, to the Lynch government that hockey had several meetings with leading members of the IRS, some of some at his mansion in uh, Kelsey in North Dublin. Uh, the covered memo from the Special Branch to the Jack Lynch uh, Fianna Foyle government at the Times was seen by myself, reads, Mr. Charles Hockey is still in touch with the provisional IRA through uh, John Kelly and Joe Cahill. He uh, told her he was not in a position to do anything for them at present, but that he had hoped to, to be back in government in a few months and would press for a stronger line on the north. The special branch members about hockey's context with senior provost showed his devious nature and willingness to play uh, uh, Patsy with terrorists for his own political aims. Within months, he returned to Fianna Fáil when Lynch opposed him as a health minister. In the late 1970s, as health minister, he was back in contact with the Pro-V leadership again. And he had... Uh, you know, he had contact with his newfound friend, the best-selling author, Frederick Forsyth, who was then living in Wicklow and was uh, fearful of being cu- uh, kidnapped, Mr. Forsyth, because he was a famous author. Well, also, there's more and more of this stuff. I'm just searching through it to see if, uh, you know, if there's anything of real interest. In that. Things that we did not know about this man... <coughs> Uh, we got here. The book also touches on the episode that did manage to, that did damage document the Moriarty Tribunal found he had misappropriated two hundred and fifty thousand euro of the three hundred and thirty six thousand raised for Brian Le- live transport operation at the Mayo Clinic. Wow. Only uh, eighty eight thousand needed for the man Hockey described as his closest political friend. That allowed Hockey to lodge the rest of the, of his leaders' account. <clears throat> and, and his own. I previously authorised the best-selling Sweden, which revealed that the 27-year affair he had with journalist Terry Keane at a cost to the taxpayer of $26,000 a month, euros rather, a month in winning, dining, present, presents and holidays. Hockey also spent 16000 a year in annual monogram shirts and shirts from uh, Chavette in Paris and all handmade. He was just, he just lost the plant. Hockey lately pocketed more than 70 million for people in business. During his 35 years in politics, he betrayed the public trust and the nation in doing so, reaped a huge dividend for himself. His partner, Terry Keane, betrayed Hockey by uh, <coughs> revealing on TT, RT, you know, radio televisions, late night show. Her 27 year affair with the former teacher, she collected, collected most of the 30 from various newspapers for her trouble. And she almost plugged up from various newspapers. Oh. Sort of writing articles. I uh, do recognise hockey's approved achievements. He set up the financial service in Dublin City Centre, which now employs more than 44,000 people and highly paid jobs. And uh, he realises there's well over a billion in corporate taxes each year, with a further 1.1 billion going to the exchequer in payroll taxes. I also credit uh, hockey with the introduction of the travel for the elderly. And I, can, uh, I contend that Ireland has a world class equestrian industry after 40 years of hockey's stallion free exemption tax. Hockey also played a significant role in the peace process. That's true, he did as a backroom operator. 
but in political betrayal, corruption, drama, rant, scandal and betrayal are all documented and they're exposed as they are played out in the culture of excess and intrigue operated by Hawkins. During his 12 years in Ireland's top political job, <clears throat> he was, like I said, champion Charlie. He was, um, you get the impression he was a likeable rogue, really. And I don't know how, you know, how well liked he was, but he was obviously the Prime Minister for quite a long time. And a lot of people, you know, given Ireland's recent history, you know, the, his connections with the Irish Republican Army and all that type of stuff at the time. This was the beginning of the Troubles, by the way. It wasn't during the Troubles, at the beginning when it was starting to, you know, the British Army was starting to uh, oppress basically the people of uh, the West Belfast, the Catholics of West Belfast, you know, guys. They did all sorts of things, internment, and you weren't allowed out. They had sort of no-go areas. And <clears throat> it was... It was it was uh, a crime what they were they were doing and got away with. Anyway, that is just my view, and I will uh, see you again next week. Until then, be kind and enjoy the reasonably decent weather we're getting at the moment. Okay, see you later and take care. Bye. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show.